0: One says it's awful, the other says it's great, it's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 116 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty fantasy football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at Lucian. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. We are at the the... End of our AFC North breakdowns. Quick PSA: just a reminder, these were recorded earlier in the off season. They were late July, so if any major injuries or anything like that has been missed, and you're wondering what the heck are they talking about, that's the reason why I am on holidays for three whole glorious weeks with my beautiful family over in the US of A. But I didn't want you guys missing out on any of that sweet, sweet content because I am super, super stoked about the season being right around the corner, and I'm sure you are as well. And most of the information is still 99% good. So let's dive straight into it the main event fight afc north almost in the bag this is the last team it's an exciting team there's a lot to talk about the baltimore ravens if you haven't checked out the other three Episodes, go back and check them out. Certainly interesting information there. Dave has been absolutely killing it this week as a guest. I am so excited to have him on the show. He is the mastermind behind um, many, many amazing endeavors such as the Scott Fish um, thon the DLF maestro himself over here killing it with like guys like peter howard he is the uh patreon proud patreon owner of the ff spaceman patreon <laughs> um check him out ff underscore spaceman on twitter check out his podcast The tale of two rivals he is just a great dude hit him up asking questions. He is always there, always has something to say, and he's always approachable. So there we go. I've given him another intro. I hope he appreciates it because he has paid me for it. I hope I got my money's worth. But um, here we are talking Baltimore Ravens. Are you excited to talk Baltimore Ravens? Do you have any soft spot in your heart for the Ravens?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, What isn't the love about the guy who was called a wide receiver by one of the, a Hall of Fame NFL town evaluator who's called a wide receiver and then went on to be an NFL MVP? who's again, the haters are back out in full force. Like you got a, a team that is historically analytically driven and they really build their, their team the right way. So I'm really excited to talk Baltimore Ravens.
0: Love it. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens. So again, if you haven't been listening to the divisional breakdowns, we're just going to give you a little snapshot of last year. Talk about any key changes in this coaching staff or offensive personnel. We're going to talk about what we expect for the 2022 season and then give you a couple of players to maybe either target or try and get off of your roster before the season starts. And uh, yeah, get you set up ready for football, which is just around the corner. The Baltimore Ravens had a very tumultuous season last year. Lamar got injured a good way through the season. They finished eight and nine last in the division. Very surprising. Um, no major changes in the coaching staff, though. Head coach John Harbaugh, OC Greg Roman. Back, running it back one more time. Um, Alejandro Villanueva, left tackle, retired. Um, they did sign Patrick Ricard to a three-year, eleven point two five million contract extension. They waived Miles Boykin and Tyson Williams. He of the wasted wa- waiver wire bids of last year. Um, they traded Marquise Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals during the draft, which I found quite surprising at the time. I did not see that coming, and. Last but not least, they drafted Isaiah Likely in the fourth round. They also drafted Charlie Cooler in the fourth round, both tight ends. And they drafted Tyler Beatty. Uh, in the sixth round, running back out of Missouri. Um, and then, last but not least, let's not forget Quadzilla Jr. himself. They signed Mike Davis to a one year, $1.2 million contract to help bolster the running back room. They needed a little bit more quad depth there. Um, what are your thoughts on the Ravens? You know, I mean, we've had a lot of craziness going on, you know, some rumors about Lamar and his contract situation. I mean, how are you feeling? Are you feeling positive? Are you feeling positive vibes for the 2022? season or are you a bit worried
1: well there have been some injury concerns at the running back position which you never like to hear some guys who are supposed to, you were thinking they were er, injured early in the offseason or early in training camp last year you thought to be back 100 percent, and you're hearing mixed reports on that so that's a little troubling and then you also i'm kind of a little disappointed that greg roman's back i never wish for someone to lose their job and lose their living but greg roman has been I don't know. I thought last year was kind of I know Lamar was injured and some things went wrong, but especially at the running back position. But man, uh, what has Greg Roman showed you that gave you confidence to go for one more year? So it's definitely a private year for him, but I would have loved to have seen them try to shake things up on the coaching staff a little bit. But I might be being a little greedy. I, I don't know.
0: No, I think that is a fair criticism because I think that has been a criticism for the last couple of years is that, you know, Greg Roman tends to be this kind of guy who shows up and there's an immediate uptick and things go well for the first year or two and then after that the defensive coordinators and things like that kind of figure him out and he's a little bit of a one-trick pony and you know kind of doesn't have many tricks up his sleeve so I, I think that is a fair criticism uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see how it plays out this year the expectation being that they're going to a- agree some sort of long-term contract extension um, with Lamar I think they would be silly not to uh, so yeah I mean we're going to dive into a couple of the stats here last year now some of these might be a little bit skewed because again lamar did miss a good bit of time so you know but again it is same coaching staff so it's interesting to see what we can learn what we can from it um they were as far as pace of play they were 20th in pace of play so kind of on the slower side but that makes sense they love to run the ball um they're very methodical with how they run the their game they were 17th in dvoa so if you haven't been listening or if you've forgotten what it is dvoa is just an advanced statistic that talks about defense adjusted value over average means they look at kind of the every every play of the game they look at the whole game they look at the whole season and they basically assign ranks to teams based on what they consider the average expectation of an nfl offense based on the situations they found themselves in based on how many points they scored so it's just a way to kind of inclusively judge how powerful or efficient an offense was 17th so middle of the pack last year which would be disappointing for the ravens you know um last year, the year before that, in 2020 they were eleventh. So they were a borderline top 10 DVOA offense when Lamar was fully healthy, even though you know he wasn't at the height of his powers. That wasn't even his MVP season. So if we look into the actual numbers when we're talking about how successful were they with their pass game, with their run game, And again, just to quantify that, a play would be considered successful when it gains at least 40% of yards to go on first down, 60% of yards to go on second down, and 100% of yards to go on third or fourth down. When we look at those sort of numbers, they were 55% successful in the run game, which was fourth in the entire NFL. So that is mouthwatering when we think about a fully fit Lamar, when we think about a fully fit JK Dobbins, that can get us really hot and bothered. They were only forty-seven percent successful in the passing game, but that even that is still fifteenth. That's still middle of the pack. It's not terrible. Um, It's not anything to worry too much about. And when we combine the two, they were fifty percent, so exactly even in their successful plays, which was ninth in the NFL. So I think those are some really interesting numbers when you think about how disappointing of a season it was overall. How they didn't even make the playoffs. They finished last in their division. Um, To think that they were still fourth in the run game for you know successful plays and ninth overall as an offense um, for successful plays. That's pretty exciting. When you think about getting a fully um, fit Lamar back, getting a a bolstered offensive line, some more guys who are in the second or third years of the system. Uh, And then another interesting thing to, to kind of break down here, something that I've been thinking about is, you know, we look at, we know that they love to run the ball. They run the ball an awful lot when it comes to the passing game, you know, how is that broken down how is that split up um last year the ravens i mean did, to to the point of they did run the ball the third most times 517 attempts they love to run the ball we know that but when they pass um so last year the interesting thing is they had the 11th highest target volume 559 pass attempts um i think a lot of that was probably from lamar getting injured and then them being behind trying to play catch up things like that it wouldn't be the status quo normal for them because when you compare it with 2020, they were 32nd in target volume with only 373 pass attempts. So it's a big disparity. Uh, I would love to see it be 11th with a healthy Lamar. That would be awesome, but I'm a little bit skeptical that that is going to be, it is going to be that high. So with the targets that they did have last year, they were 18th in their percentage to the wide receivers. So only 57.8% went to the wide receiver position, um, 30th in their percentage of passes to the running back, only 14.5%. And again, that's kind of a, a Ding on the whole J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards kind of value just because they're not getting a lot of targets. They don't historically pass an awful lot to the running back position. Um, and they were fifth in percentage of passes to the tight end, which is no surprise when you have an absolute stud like Mark Andrews there. 27.7% of their passes went to the tight end position. So again, just quickly there, if we're comparing that to 2020 when we had a healthy Lamar all season, I've already mentioned they were 32nd in target volume. But the other numbers were actually fairly stable, fairly similar. So it was 56% um, for Lamar in 2020 versus 57.8% in the targets to the wide receiver, 16.4% versus 14.5 for the running back, and 27.3 versus 27.7 for the tight end. So I think those kind of numbers we can kind of assume that they'll be fairly close again. Um, It just maybe the actual volume might come back down again with Lamar rushing more with them running the ball more. But having talked through all of that, which obviously apologies that took about 25 minutes to run through. What are your thoughts, Dave, about those numbers? Anything that jumps out to you there? Anything you wanted to expand on with your wisdom when it comes to number crunching? Um, And also, what would you say if I asked you to give me a number between one and 10, your confidence level is for the Ravens in 2022?
1: So one thing that st- you were starting about, you were talking about their DVOA and just how ha- it was actually better than what might expect based on how the Lamar's injury and everything that went happened. I think you said they were 15th overall in DVOA still. Yeah. 17th, I, I yeah 17th. Yeah. 17th. So still middle of the pack there, despite what was considered a pretty bad season by Baltimore standards. And I think you have to look at the other side of the ball because the other side of the ball can influence pace of play. Sometimes teams, they'll go to a little bit more run control if they're winning a lot. So Baltimore's, uh, Defensive D- DVA, so it's basically the same thing as offensive, and what you were explaining it as, but it's from the defensive side of the ball. They were ninth in 2020, so a, a top 10 defense. A lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball last year, and then they were 28th in, in DVA last year, so that could really influence how much they were passing because they were playing. Their defense wasn't as good, and they had to be stand more games. So if that, like they've they've made some pretty decent. They drafted Kyle Hamilton, and they've made some other additions, and some guys are getting back healthy. So you could see that also influenced their their pace and their overall volume numbers. So that's just something else to think about when we're trying to piece together parts of this puzzle in, in Baltimore.
0: Absolutely. No, that is a absolutely fair point because they build, you know, they pride themselves on great defense and running the ball a lot. Um, and they're really good at both those things. They just had a whole, they they had the worst luck of all the NFL probably last year when it came to injuries. It was, it felt like every other game, somebody was getting injured. Um, so yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It should be in theory if they're back to their normal selves a borderline top 10 offense, a borderline top 10 defense, probably running the ball a lot, probably smaller pie than we would like to the uh, pass catchers there in Baltimore. What would you say then? Where are you at as far as a confidence rating? Scale of one to 10 for fantasy football 2022?
1: Probably a seven, which I think is higher than I've been on most the other teams besides uh, Cincinnati. So seven, I think Lamar's a stud. I think they have really good running backs. And I, I mean, Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews and and they've got some, you know, some young talent at wide receiver and Rashad Bateman. So I think overall, I think this is, I mean, it's going to be a not, we're talking about pace and they run the ball a lot. They still are one of the, they, they generally still run a lot of pass plays because they run the ball. They are so fast in their overall pace of play. So uh, even if they have low rate numbers, their actual total output can be higher. So I, I still think my confidence is a seven because it's still going to be a high scoring offense.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think I'm actually probably even slightly higher than that because I feel like the guys who I am confident in, I'm very confident in. So the guys that I'm not very confident in, I'm probably just not even interested in almost at all. So yeah, I'm probably a seven and a half, maybe even an eight. So I'm pretty confident in, like you said, Lamar. Um, I'm pretty confident in a couple of guys we're going to talk about here in a minute. But uh, we're going to put some names onto these numbers here. We're going to put some players up for uh, for consideration for a buy a goodbye or a stash and i'm gonna let guests go first because dave has been absolutely killing it with these who's your first buy like who are you looking to get get back on the squad before the season starts because you think there could be an uptick in value
1: lo and behold another running back uh i think uh it's j i think jakey dobbins is one of so actually the buy i should say is preface gus my my buy is gus edwards i think uh he i think i will lead off by saying i think jakey dobbins is the most one of the most talented rbs from that 2020 class that was such a highly touted running back class. So I really like JK Dobbins, but sometimes it doesn't matter what I think and it's what Baltimore actually is showing us and they love them some Gus Edwards. He was a UDFA that got a lot of play early on in his career and then they signed him to a pretty significant contract. And so Baltimore loves him and I, and I've been reading some not so promising reports in regards to Edwards's health, so that that's a little troubling, but I'm always I'm always going to be an, an injury optimist until I'm told otherwise. And in 2020, JK Dobbins only had a 2.3% opportunity share greater than, than Gus Edwards and opportunity share. If people don't remember is the percentage of non QB runs and RB pass targets in an overall offense. So that it's a really sticky number uh, from year to year. And it's a good way to describe RB volume. So Gus Edwards and, and JK Dobbins were neck and neck back in 2020 when they were both healthy. and um, the Ravens, after jk or after gus edwards tore out tore his knee up the ravens could have saved close to six million dollars this offseason and cut edwards uh but and i think nobody would have batted an eye if that happened i think the dynasty community thought it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to cut him and in fact i that is not what happened as everyone knows by now but uh and i think and if we remember, if you look at some ADP history, JK Dobbins, because people were assuming that Gus Edwards was just didn't matter anymore, he was the RB11 for two RB11 and RB12 in January and March or, or January and February or February and March, I can't remember exactly now, but people were really buying JK Dobbins because they just totally forgot about Gus Edwards. And he's a solid back who can add value on all three downs, and he's dirt, dirt cheap in Dynasty because he's a little bit higher on the age curve. And I, and like i just mentioned in in the the team recap it's one of the run happiest teams in the nfl with a high play volume that scores a lot a lot of points remember that mvp season from lamar they scored so many points and i'm definitely all about getting cheap inexpensive uh, darts to throw at this offense to try to acquire some value.
0: And just to, you know, dovetail on that Gus Edwards comes in at RB 59 at the minute for sleeper, superflex ADP. So yeah, exactly. Dirt cheap. And another thing I'll throw in there is in 2020. So last healthy season he had, he was actually a top 12 rated PFF um, rusher. So he, he is, he's not just I mean, we talk about volume is king and things like that, but the reason he's getting volume is he actually is a talented running back. So he's making the most of his opportunities when he gets them. So I love that take. My guy is, it's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be, you know, um, overly surprising or shocking here, but it is Rashad Bateman. Um, He comes in at wide receiver 28 um, on sleeper, super flex ADP. So sort of a wide receiver three range. Um, And I just think that, even if you're not a big Rashad Bateman believer or truther, that's absolutely fine. I still think he's going to return value. If you're getting him as a wide receiver three, uh, we look at, you know, I think we can look at things like, for example, the fact that, you know, Hollywood Brown, who is a good receiver, I think he's a solid wide receiver. He was a first round wide receiver as well. Um, he's a great wide receiver. He, you know, finishes a top 15 top 16 wide receiver last year in PPR leagues Um, you know those targets have all gone I'm not talking even vacated targets I think the reason they felt comfortable letting Marquise Brown go is because they believe in Rashad Bateman that's the way I believe to see the situation I think that we've already talked about there may not be that big of a pie um, as far as targets and as far as you know Lamar throwing but even if he is back to as bad as it was in 2020 for as far as a target share and things like that, still talking about almost 400 targets with that extra game in, um, probably around 400 targets in total. And again, probably around roughly 220, 230 targets to the wide receivers. And there's really not any other super exciting studly wide receivers in that group. So I feel like you, you should be able to, and I, and I honestly do think that Rashad Bateman is a very talented wide receiver. I think he had some unfortunate injuries last year in his rookie year. Um, he, so he came on more at the end of the year there. I think he's very talented. I think he's had a full off season to work with Lamar. I think that he will be seeing probably 40, 50% of the wide receiver targets in that offense. Um, But because of Lamar's rushing ability, because of how well they run the ball, because of Mark Andrews, it's not like the defenses can just fully focus on Rashad Bateman. I think he returns value at a wide receiver 28 price. So even if you're not a huge believer in him, I still think it's a smart investment because if he finishes as like a wide receiver 20 or why did she ever 18 um, people will be excited by that you'll probably be able to flip him for profit so i i that's my biggest buy at the moment on this offense um what do you have for us as far as maybe a good buy? like who are you getting rid of i i ask as if i didn't know
1: well, you know, we've been pretty cordial all week talking, you know, and I think we've been very complimentary to each other. And I'm just, you know, finally, as the last episode, I can tell you how I truly feel about all of my takes. I'm just going to tell you you're dead wrong about Rashad Bateman. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, I really like Rashad Bateman. He's a heck, heck of a player. I agree with everything you said, except the, your ADP numbers are, might be a little bit different. My DLF, they're a fresh July ADP. He was the RB night or the wide receiver 19. And going, I think that there's a not a ton of value to be had there at wide receiver 19. There's in uh, a low volume. He's got probably the, the 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 second passing option behind Mark Andrews on on what we've been talking about might be a low volume passing offense, even or at least a low pass rate and maybe just overall play volume can bump it up a little bit. And then before and I and I acknowledge that saying that Hollywood flourished in that role last year and I think Rashad Bateman has just as could I think they're different players so I don't think you can compare them but I think Rashad Bateman is extremely extremely good at what he did and it's just that it comes down to it's really easy to play the wide receiver value game yeah sure you want to give me some value of a guy having the same tier sure I'll take that value uh and it's I'll give you yeah I will every day and then twice on Sundays I'll take Elijah Moore plus an upgrade at a different position or a draft pick for your, for someone else's Rashad Bateman. So that's why I'll do the deal. No, I that this is nothing but the player. And it's just that every, like outside of a couple people, like Gabe Davis is one name, but Rashad Bateman must be a top five talked about player because just of how excited people are about him. And, and I, it's, you got to take advantage of those situations when they pop up, when he falls into a tier where you have other players valued similarly.
0: I agree with the Elijah Moore because I absolutely love Elijah Moore. I have him so much place, so many places, but um, yeah, that is interesting because I don't, I have, I don't have DLF's ADP, but this is, this is really interesting because yeah, on sleepers super flex ADP, this is from July 13th. So this is only about a week ago. So this is only a week old and they're coming in at wide receiver 28 um, for Rashad Bateman. So yeah, I agree with you. If he's coming in, yeah, if he's coming in at like wide receiver 18, 17, those kind of prices it's not really much of a value you're kind of getting him at his probably ceiling well you know close to his ceiling anyway there's just not um, as much
1: value to have i think yeah as far as, i think he definitely could be a top he could be a top 12 wide receiver or low end wide receiver one i think yeah there, but it's just there's not as much value to be gained there
0: yeah. And I, I think, yeah, for me, if 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 your league is um, you know, going along the wide receiver 28 valuations, then he's an absolute value in my eyes. And that's why I would be buying him. If your league's already valuing him as like a mid to high end wide receiver too, um, then yeah, maybe it's not so much, but just judge your league because I know I picked up a share or two in the offseason. I think there's a there is a lot of people who aren't sure they were a bit disappointed with his rookie year. And it just depends on the league you're in and, and how people are valuing him, but it's certainly worth checking in on before the season starts because i do think he'll get the you know monster share of that wide receiver target share i think he'll have those couple of big boom games so i think it'll certainly be whatever the price is now it'll probably be more expensive once the season gets going is where i would sort of look at it um what about then a sneaky stash do you have a stash for somebody that you're looking to kind of Hold on to, and just quickly, I will throw out my, like, honestly, a lot of the players I kind of like in the, in the Baltimore Ravens, my only sort of good buy would be Mike Davis. And I'm only saying that because I feel like we tried to talk ourselves into Mike Davis last year and tell ourselves that he was going to be this value and he was going to play really well for Atlanta and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of people, I mean, honestly, I traded in one league and this is a pretty big league. It was like a 16 team league. I traded Mike Davis for Darnell Mooney straight up um, last year in the offseason, like when people were really excited about Mike Davis being the dude in Atlanta. So, if anything like that, I'm not suggesting you'll be able to do that now because a lot more people are excited about Mooney. I've been a Mooney truther, truther since he was in the league. Um, but, if you know, you're know you able to get any sort of value out of him, I'm not even convinced he necessarily makes the final roster. I definitely don't think he's going to get like the bulk of the work. I don't think he's going to be super relevant this year. So if you're able to do anything with him again, if he's one of those guys, you can take him and package him with a third and get a second, something crazy. I would do that. Get out from under Mike Davis. I don't think, I think he's just a, he's a great guy, great quads perennial backup, not somebody I'm looking to, um, to really have is I'd rather have somebody else. I'm about to talk about here in a moment, but who's your sneaky stash for us, Dave, who do you got?
1: Yeah, this is re- weird. I don't normally stash my wide receivers, but Tylen Wallace. Uh, he, I, he is in, incre- I mean, I was so high on him as a pre NFL draft back in 2021, incredible age adjusted production, but, and the only positive I really can say from his rookie year to now is that he's still on the Baltimore Ravens roster, which isn't really much of an endorsement. We're talking about stashes, but and this was only the last time I checked. He could have been cut by the last time. Who knows? He could have been cut since we started talking. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, and I, I really do think he's a good player. I think some there were some injury flags for him. People are worried about he had some multiple knee injuries. And his actually his twin brother is like out of football because of knee injuries. So that, there's some of that going on there. And I just don't, th- I think he's twice the wide receiver, uh, Devin DuVernay is. I was never a Devin DuVernay guy. I understand he has some explosiveness, but Talon Wallace, I think he, j- I think he has, he's Talon Wallace is actually a David bell light type player. I think they win in similar ways, similar production, uh, just a little bit different ages. I think when they came out, but yeah, I think he has an outside shot of working himself into the wide receiver two role in that offense. Now the wide receiver troll in that offense isn't very sneaky but he's just a guy that he could maybe gain some value where he's fine on a taxi. I, he's only good on a taxi squad in taxi squad leagues. I'm willing to stash him, but outside of that, he's not on my rosters, but it was tough because this, you look at the values of the players on this team, the running backs are like uh, JK. Dobbins is valued. Rashad Bateman's valued. Lamar Jackson's valued. So, and Mark Andrews is valued. So it's tough to find a sneaky stash here. I just landed on telling Wallace, who I still am remaining a little bit of hope for because of how that wide receiver depth chart has, sh- has shaked out since they traded Marquise Brown.
0: And can I just say you just um, shot your David Bell takes in the foot by comparing him to Tylen Wallace. I said a light, a light, a light. you know, that, <laughs> like hey, he's very, he's very like David Bell, that guy that I think is going to be light, awesome. not
1: light, like, <laughs> not like light. He's like a, he's like a cheap version of David oh. Bell. And David Bell is already considered a cheap version. So. It's so, like my not-
0: my sneaky stash is Tyler Beatty. Um, He comes in RB63 on Sleeper Superflex ADP. So, again, very cheap. I think everyone is sort of just kind of completely convinced themselves that it's the J.K. Dobbins show, maybe a little bit of Gus Edwards thrown in here, and Tyler Beatty doesn't matter. But like we just talked about with Gus Edwards, everybody kind of wrote off Gus Edwards and said he was nothing and they gave him opportunity and he made the most of it. We just saw Devonta Freeman, the ghost of Devonta Freeman be relevant for fantasy last year in this system. Um, Tyler Beatty is all, if you've never seen him play, go back and watch some highlights from last year. He's an absolute he's just fun to watch he's an absolute lightning bolt he's jittery he's quick he's small he he can run between the tackles he can catch the ball he can do a lot of things i think he could be really sneaky and really dangerous and somebody just certainly pick up because if um jk dobbins does start out on the pup or something like that we don't know obviously we don't know at this stage he may be 100 percent ready to go but they've just Both of the running backs ahead of him have come off some serious injuries. There's opportunity there. These guys love to run the ball. They're very good at running the ball. I, you know, always am willing to take a shot, especially at the end of the bench or on the taxi squad, somebody like this. I think Tyler Beatty could be a serious value um, in your dynasty leagues at the moment. So there you go, folks. A lot of Ravens talk, most of it positive. We talked about how Tylen Wallace and David Bell are basically the same person Um, that you can expect the same things from them. So Dave, do you have any sort of bull predictions for us for the Ravens for 2022?
1: You know, I've, I've had a lot of bold takes throughout the week and there's just nothing I'm really passionate about here. So, but that being said, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint here as we're trying to clo- wrap up the week here of episodes. I do have a fear that keeps me up at night and I guess I'll call it a prediction and it's been in the back of my head and I'm afraid that Mark Andrews doesn't finish as a top three tight end in 2022. Uh, that's kind of my, my thing. I think there's some, you know, you still have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller could be healthy. George Kittle, if he ever can put together a fully healthy season, you've got some of the, you know, got Kyle Pitts out there and who knows my darling Pratt fire with where he talked this week. There's some, look, there's some decent tight ends out there. And if the pass rate comes down, his, he doesn't have as strong of a TD rate, which he's always had a good TD rate, but say if that reverts to a mean that things could where he finishes outside the top three and, and which is disappointing because I actually took him very high in a startup this year. And so that's, I think ever since I've done that, I've been like, Oh, please God. So, so oh, that's no. my, my kind of bold. prediction. How dare
0: you put that on Mark Andrews? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like
1: I, yeah, there you go. But blame everyone when that happens, blame me because I definitely will
0: be taking that sound clip and blasting that all over the internet. If he has a disappointing season, my bull prediction for the Ravens is that they're going to return to form. They're going to win the division and Bateman is going to be a top 18 wide receiver this year in fantasy scoring. So there you have it. That is bold. That is spicy. I am happy with that. And hopefully that comes true. I, I, I feel good about it feel good about it. I feel good that we've established Tyler Moss and David Bell are the same person and you can expect the same level of production from both of them. Uh, I feel great about the fact that Dave has come on the show finally. Hopefully he won't be a stranger. Hopefully he'll come back again sometime if I haven't offended him too much with my lack of knowledge about all things (laughs) spreadsheet. Um, But yeah, guys, make sure, please seriously, in all seriousness, Dave is a beautiful man. He is a beautiful human being. He is very smart, much smarter than me. Go follow him on Twitter at FF underscore spaceman. Check out his Patreon. Get smarter doing it. Check out A Tale of Two Rivals. Check out his work over at DLF. There's a lot of amazing stuff that'll make you a better Dynasty Fantasy Football player. Have I forgotten to anything uh, to shout out anything, Dave? Anything you want to plug before we go?
1: No, I would just say, you know, getting back to charity thing. Part of Scott Fishbowl. at Scott Fishbowl season. Take that time. Reach out to a charity that doesn't have to be Fantasy Cares. It doesn't have to be Toys for Tots. It doesn't have to be anything. Give be something that's you're really passionate about. We had some people approach me approach me and uh, Dynasty Coach A on Twitter, John Arrington. They wanted to us to, to review their Dynasty League. And we said, sure, we'll do it. Just donate to your favorite charity. They donate to the American Cancer Society. That's really something that everyone, I think, has been affected by in their life. We're happy to do it. So, in any way that you can, a charity that means a lot to you, just it, there's nothing that will ever make you feel bad about getting involved in some kind of charity. So, that's what I, I'm going to step away in doing. I just want to end also by saying, I've had an an amazing time and I hopefully at some point I'll be invited back. I know, but I know things have gone a little long winded here at times, but truly Evan, this was a delight and I had a blast. So thank you for having me. On.
0: Thank you very much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, you exceeded expectations and that is saying something because my expectations were sky high. They were space level high um, to bring on the FF spaceman and you smashed it so thank you very much guys hopefully you enjoyed the AFC North breakdown we still got a little bit more to go football is right around the corner hope you are as excited as we are get some of those trades done let us know about them and we'll speak to you again soon I drive zero RB in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran. it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really want to do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's
1: awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate